You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fourth and Manageable, an SEC football podcast. Brought to you by 2400 Sports. Now, here's Brad Edwards. All right, let's shift gears to the SEC West and uh, what appeared to be the big game on the slate in that division was Arkansas hosting Cincinnati. Now, a lot of times you're going to say, ah, group of five team, but you know, Cincinnati undefeated last season, uh, at least in the regular season, made it to the college football playoff. Uh, obviously carried a lot of that momentum into this season as far as the the ranking that they were given preseason. So, you know, on on paper, this is a big game, even though Cincinnati lost a lot of those guys off that team. And um, Arkansas, I would say, didn't look great for a lot of the game. But Cincinnati would tell you the same thing. They they made a lot of mistakes as well. It, it certainly wasn't uh, as well played of a game as, as what we might have said about the Florida-Utah game. Uh, but the same result for the SEC, which is the SEC came out on top. And uh, K.J. Jefferson, uh, the Arkansas quarterback who had a, a good season last year, I thought he looked really good again today and uh, ended up making a few big plays in the second half that were the difference in that game. Yeah, uh, wasn't the typical ranked match you get, but uh, <laughs> kind of started off slow. It was like, uh, who's going to get on the board first? And then, you know, they finally started uh, – moving the ball, putting full drives together, not just, you know, pop play here and a pop play there, putting drives together, getting downfield. And uh, KJ took over and started, you know, not only throwing the ball well, but uh, making plays with his feet. Yeah. And I think that um, we had some questions coming into this season about uh, Arkansas's receivers and who was going to catch the passes this year. You know, that um, after, uh, after last year, there was a, there was a, a void that was left. And, and so um, today, I think maybe we got a little bit of, uh, of, uh, of an answer there from both uh, Hazelwood and Knox, a couple of guys who, who stepped up big for Arkansas today. And uh, the, the running game got going. It, it took a little bit of time. I was a little surprised when given um, that Cincinnati had, you know, lost a few key players on that defense and that Alabama, which, for a lot of last year, didn't run the ball very well. They ran it down Cincinnati's throat in that semifinal game last year for over 300 yards. So I, I thought uh, with with some good experience back on the offensive line um, and, and some talent at running back along with a, a quarterback who can run, that Arkansas would really just kind of pound on Cincinnati. Um, and, and you look at the final stats, and it looks like they ran the ball well, but there were pockets of that first half where – it just wasn't as consistent as I expected it to be. And I, I guess that's why you had the halftime score that you did. And it, you know, it wasn't, um, it wasn't pretty a, a lot of the time, but Arkansas really did manage to uh, just stay in command for most of that game. Um, 
until they kind of got in trouble uh, in in the fourth quarter and had to make some plays. And really, the the biggest play in that game, we talked about the the mistakes that were made. Arkansas had its own mistakes. Um, and we'll get to those in just a little bit because some of those were defensive, and I think it's something that we need to discuss as far as Arkansas moving forward. Um, Cincinnati uh, had mistakes of its own with uh, penalties. Like, they they just had a lot of just shoot yourself in the foot, false start, delay of game, those types of things that were, that were killing drives. But uh, ultimately, uh, Cincinnati had gotten the ball back uh, in a position – uh, to drive down. I think they were down uh, 24-17 uh, in the fourth quarter, and uh, Jordan Dominic came through right around midfield, made a, a nice strip sack and a fumble recovery, and then uh, Arkansas, right after that, ended up converting it, going up 14, and, and while the final score ended up you know, being a, a seven-point win for the Razorbacks, um, it was it was that play that allowed them to to go up fourteen that really was was kind of the the final nail in the coffin as far as this one went. Yeah, um, it seemed like DBs for Arkansas today uh, just didn't have the speed to keep up with Cincinnati's outside receivers. It seemed like every time Cincinnati had a big throw, it was outside to one of the receivers, and he was he was open. I mean, it wasn't guy on his hip or anything. I mean, he was wide open and. Quarterback just overthrew him a couple times. I know there's some throws the Cincinnati QB wants back, and, you know, if he had him and he turned out a little different, that game's a totally different outcome. I mean, Cincinnati could have blown the door wide open. They had they had the plays called to do it. They just didn't execute them as well as they wanted to. Yeah, and that, that's why that play from Dominic, the, the, the sack and the fumble, was so big is because, you know, when Cincinnati had time to throw – they had receivers running open. And like you said, sometimes they miss them Uh, more often than not in the second half, they were hitting them, but this was one of the times the pass rush got to him quickly and they turned it into a huge play, which ended up making the difference in the game. But, but let's, let's talk about the Arkansas secondary because uh, Jalen Catalan, they're, they're all sec slash all American, you know, preseason safety uh, went out this game early with an injury. And there's no doubt that that affects you know, the entire secondary when you have a leader like that in the back who's missing. Um, but as you alluded to, it was out wide. It was the corners who were getting burned a lot of the times. And this is an issue. Now, look, they 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 lost a lot in the secondary from last year. Arkansas did. And, and they expected to struggle, but probably didn't expect it to look as bad as it did against Cincinnati. And you look at this schedule for Arkansas. I, I actually picked them as my sleeper team in the SEC because – you know, I, I looked at not only the Cincinnati game, but they they play at BYU in the middle of the season, which I think is a winnable game. And you look at the rest of the schedule, and except for a visit from Alabama, every other game on there looks winnable. That's not to say that they will win them all, but but it feels like the type of schedule where they could do something like what Ole Miss did last year. You know, maybe go ten and two, and find themselves in a New Year's Six bowl game. They have the team that's good enough to do it. They have the schedule that really sets up for it. But if they don't get better in the secondary, they're going to lose more than two games because um, there are some serious issues out there and they're going to face better quarterbacks than Cincinnati who had a guy who was making, you know, his, his first start after having been a career backup. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, it's tough for a defense anytime you lose uh, one of your key guys, and especially a guy in the back end as a safety. He's the guy that gets everybody lined up. He uh, communicates to the, all the DBs, makes sure they know what plays come what play they're running. And, you know, when you have uh, a guy come in that's a new safety, he might not communicate as well. He might not get guys lined up. And then you have guys out there looking at each other, ball snap, next thing you know, guys by. There's a lot of things that go into losing a safety. And it's the same as, you know, losing a middle linebacker. He's the guy communicating all the D-line plays, all the stunts, all the twists they want to do. He's the guy, you know, getting everybody lined up up front. So if you lose those two, key positions it's tough for a defense to communicate and know what's going on out there there were a couple other ranked teams in the sec west that you could say you know weren't sharp in the same way that arkansas wasn't but they were playing lesser opponents so it didn't really come back to bite them it didn't turn into a competitive game because of it but you know uh one of those was texas a&m uh and and a&M found itself in a 10-0 game uh, against Sam Houston late in the first half. They ended up hitting a big pass play for a touchdown. It ended up being a very comfortable 31-0 win after a very long weather delay at halftime. Um, but there were large stretches of that first half where you're looking at that A&M offense and it's like, this doesn't look like the offense of a preseason number six team because uh, you know they, they had big issues running the ball, and then uh, even though he hit some big plays through the air, uh, the quarterback was was hit and miss, and I, I realize uh, he doesn't have a lot of experience either, having you know gone out early in game two last year. But, um, yeah, what uh, what do you take away from A&M? Is it, is it any reason to be concerned, or is this just, you know, hey, it's week one, get the kinks out, that type of thing? Uh, I think it's just week one, get the kinks out. Uh, quarterback kind of struggled today. He uh, was late on some throws over the middle, uh, got one picked off. The other one uh, was dropped, probably should have been picked off. And uh, he came back later in the game. He found the guy up the seam. Uh, defense was running like a quarters look, and the like nickel defender kind of messed up. Safety was out of position as well, and he hit a guy up the seam for a touchdown. So, I mean, he took advantage of uh, defensive mistakes, but for the most part, he it was uh you know he's shaking off the rust a little bit yeah uh Ole Miss is another team um that was ranked coming in in the SEC West that um has a new quarterback Jackson Dart transfer from USC um you know okay it, it wasn't what we saw from last year's offense with Matt Corral um but it was it was a comfortable win in the end uh for Ole Miss um but there was another quarterback in the SEC who wasn't exactly rusty um, guy by the name of Bryce Young. Um, Alabama was was okay, settled for a field goal in the opening drive, but um, it ended up being a pretty good first half for the Tide. They were up forty-one uh, nothing, and I think they scored on the opening drive of the second half with Young in there, and uh, he ended up with uh, five touchdown passes in the first half. Uh, left the game, like I said, after one series in the second half uh, with. Uh, 100 yards rushing and a rushing touchdown to go with those five touchdown passes. So uh, the the Alabama offense uh, 
looked how you would expect him to look against Utah State. Now, I mean, nothing to get overexcited about, but to me, I think the big thing is for Alabama that they would take away from this game is that they had for most of last season three receivers who played the majority of the snaps, and all three of those guys are gone. So there, there were some real questions about who is going to step up at receiver and who is Bryce Young going to throw to this year. And, and in that first half, he threw two touchdown passes to Jermaine Burton, the transfer from Georgia. He threw uh, two to Treshawn Holden, um, who, uh, who was on the team last year but didn't catch a lot of passes. And, uh, and then a, a freshman named Kobe Prentice uh, had a bunch of catches in the first half, even though he didn't have any touchdowns. So it, it looks like that, that he's found some targets that he feels comfortable with. And, and I think that's, that's a good sign for the Alabama offense. And I, I guess, Tyler, that's, that's really what you want to take out of a game like this is you're just, you're just getting reps and, and you're building chemistry, right? Yeah, it helps when uh, <laughs> you have all day to throw back there, too. Uh, he he looks comfortable back there. I don't even know if he ever got hit. I mean, he sits back there all day, and it's just waiting for receivers to get open. And it seems like every year we're talking about how Alabama's losing, you know, top receivers, this guy, that guy. And then they're like, how are they going to, you know, overcome that this season? And then three more guys come in, and it's just like, oh, here's three more potential first-round draft picks again. So, Alabama's loaded every year. Uh, it's just the more reps they get, the better that offense is going to get. So, I mean, they have more room to grow. Yeah, and they have Texas next week, and we'll learn a lot more. Now, how good is Texas? It's it's really hard to say at this point, but I feel like they're probably better than Utah State, and uh, they're probably better than some of the teams on the SEC schedule. So I think we'll, uh, we'll we'll learn a lot more about Alabama in week two, as as we'll learn a lot more about a whole lot of teams in week two. Um, so uh, we'll we'll stay tuned for that. Uh, but uh, you know, just like in the SEC East, it was a perfect day in the SEC West. And as I said off the top of the show, all that's really left to be determined is whether LSU seals the deal on Sunday night against Florida State, and if they do, it will be a perfect week one in the SEC.